0: You're listening to the Fanboy Garage Podcast. Welcome to the Fanboy Garage. I'm Chris Lissanti, joined by my co-hosts, Vananna. Hello! And Aaron Verola.
1: Hello, chaps. Welcome to another episode of the Fanboy Garage. We're here with our good friends, Chris Lissanti and
2: Vanana.
0: What? No. what just happened?
2: Was that, was that a better intro this week?
0: You didn't feel like getting into runner's lunge this week and doing your thing? Uh, Is that
2: I've got
1: tendinitis. No, it's not oh. happening. Okay. What's up, folks? Welcome to another episode. So glad you guys can join us. Episode 103. It's pretty... I mean, damn. Felt like yesterday we were at 100. Three episodes ago, here we are. 103, we're just racking them up. Um, hope you guys are all doing well. Everyone had a great fourth of July. Relaxed a little bit, chilled out, back to the work. And yes, another week, another episode, and we will be diving into some things that many of our listeners were, were asking questions about, commenting about, and that is around Ray Fisher's continued commentary uh about Chicago Jack- Sweden.
0: Yeah. And before <laughs> we get into that though, I we do I do want to mention the fact that um banana did something today that I've never seen anybody do before. And I think it's worth mentioning. <laughs> we, we had a text exchange uh, earlier today, and in the middle of it, something weird happened. And then we realized what happened, and that was Vanana actually typed out a GIF <laughs> that she couldn't find. So she just typed it out, basically. Instead of sending the GIF itself, it was the best thing ever.
2: Okay, well, I didn't have service, so all the gifts that I was looking up, it just were blank boxes, and I was was trying to find the Robert De Niro, like, you know, the eh face, like the eh, eh, like, what do you think, eh, eh, you know, like, you know the face I'm talking about, you're doing it, you're doing it right now. Um, and I couldn't find it. I didn't have service. None of them were popping up. So I just typed it. And I, I have to say I did have good text etiquette because I put them in, um, uh, the stars, the yeah. asterisks.
0: Yes, <laughs> she did.
2: To, to signal to you that it was in fact an image. Yeah. I, I, yeah.
0: We know? all of a sudden we get this text and it's like asterisk, asterisk. Robert De Niro face, asterisk, asterisk. And it's like. It was,
1: it was Robert <laughs> C. Robert <laughs> Senior face.
0: <laughs> well, that was. Yeah, that was. like, what?
1: <laughs> you were having an auto text moment like I do all the time. And yeah. then it was Robert De Niro asterisk. And I'm like, what the hell just happened here? <laughs>
0: Yeah, and then we realized. So I think uh, from now on, I'm just gonna type out my gifts. That's that there's no doubt great. I'm gonna do that to people. But yeah, all right. So let's get into this this Ray Fisher thing. So we we mentioned we had a long conversation last episode about um, Ray Fisher's tweet, right? His Joss Whedon tweet, yeah, the original one actually. Now we have to clarify where he retweeted the um video of him at San Diego Comic-Con 2017 and said I forcefully um retract these words or whatever he said. So of course the next day because that's what happens with us um he sent out a an additional tweet um that added a little bit more to this and I, I did I addressed it in um that special um opening message for last week but just to refresh everybody's uh, memory here his second tweet was Joss Whedon's on-set treatment of the cast and crew of Justice League was gross, abusive, unprofessional, and completely unacceptable. He was enabled in many ways by Jeff Johns and John Berg. Accountability is greater than entertainment. Mm. Yeah.
2: Ooh, and Mm. the plot thickens.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Dude
1: was burning the house down. Yeah. So look. So I went I went off <laughs> a little bit about it, and I'm glad he he added that additional context. So look, look, I never want to be someone that denies or, or denounces when someone speaks their truth. So if there is if there is true abuse and there's some seriously some stuff going on behind the scenes, as it, many people are speculating, and Ray Fisher is pretty much calling out. And dude, do, do you right? Speak your truth. I don't really give a crap about time because the first thing was just just odd. The first, you know, first uh, tweet, but as he continues to reveal a bit more about it, it definitely sounds like he did not have a great time working with <laughs> Joss Whedon, duh. and um, that the behavior uh, behind the scenes from from said director uh, was inappropriate. Um, and so, yeah, you know, I god, dude. I mean, if that's what especially now you know in 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 the times that we're living in um you know it makes a lot of sense and i, I and and you know i i um I applaud him for for stepping out and, and saying something I mean, I think again, in the times that we're living in, where there's a lot of activism and people voicing their concerns, kind of putting their careers on like on the line essentially. Um, we, we saw it in the Me Too movement, um, John Boyega, uh, you know, marching with crowds of people for black lives, black lives matter and getting on, on the, uh, to get on the, uh, uh, out in the, out in front of people and say, you know, I may not ever work again, but this, this means a lot to me, you know, paraphrasing, um, to this moment. I mean, this, this is, this is good stuff. So, you know, um, I just... Ooh, there's so much to unpack in, in everything he said. And I'm, I'm, and I'm also anxious to see or hear what some of the other cast members have to say. I know that there is, um, there are limitations to what Ray Fisher can, can continue yes. to say about Joss Whedon because he could be sued. Um, but yeah, it's, it's very interesting to, uh, to kind of continue to hear. Hear the story roll out
0: Yeah and the thing with this is that So you know Ray Fisher is an outspoken guy And and a very proud guy From what it seems like um, And I'm sure it's actually Eating him up inside that he can't Be more open about this But you know last week I was very critical Of Joss Whedon because I was coming from The perspective of like yeah all right, We could talk about the tweet But we could also let's just talk about Like How I feel about Joss Whedon And what he did with that film And Mm -hmm. this was before we even knew Like this additional information Right, just Mm -hmm. speculating on why Ray Fisher would say The the original kind of cryptic tweet That he sent out Um, And you know, my whole slant was You know, Joss Whedon went out And really made a a bad film And you know, probably took liberties With that film And considering his name Wasn't going to be on it you know, I, I was highly critical of him of him for that, and I, you know, the guy hasn't done any, anything since, mm-hmm. and I think there's probably reasons for that as well.
2: Right.
0: And you know, I think that there's a lot of reasons why Ray Fisher is coming out now. I'm sure the fact that the Snyder Cut is actually final, you know, finally a thing, um, has empowered him mm-hmm. to do that. You know, because he doesn't have to worry now about. You know, coming across as a guy that's just trying to, like, push a narrative or or be part of a movement or whatever, or maybe in potentially endanger, right, the the Mm -hmm. release of that film. Now he knows it's coming out, um, you know. And also, again, like we mentioned last week, he's the guy who suffered the most. You know, this was his first real movie, right? Like, this was his first break. And and the fact that his role wound up getting so completely minimized in that film, I'm sure that's hurtful for him. Um, Right. Now, all of that, because now you'd add all of that in with if the fact that, you know, if Joss Whedon really was this person, you know, on set and when he was making the film, I mean, you put all those things together and yeah, I can see why, you know, he's taking this the way he is. It it makes complete sense to me. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, the other element to this was the Kevin Smith stuff, right? Which has taken on a life of its own. So, again, there's multiple conversations to have about the Kevin Smith thing, too, because there's what Kevin Smith said, which is one conversation, right? Right. And then there's what people are saying Kevin Smith said, which is a, a separate conversation. So let's, let's first talk about what people are saying Kevin Smith said. Uh, the first headlines <laughs> I saw, the narratives for that were Kevin Smith says that Joss Whedon... Um, you know, talk trash or whatever about Zack Snyder to the cast of while you know he was making Justice League. That was like the headline right. that I saw. Oh, I was yeah. like, wow, that's that, I mean that
1: popped up in a lot of places.
0: Yeah, and it's still popping up. I mean, I saw yeah. it again even today. Um that's not what actually happened though, right? So what what actually happened was first of all Kevin Smith didn't actually say he Kevin Smith said that a, per, a friend of his who worked on the, the visual effects, right, for that film and for, I guess, the Star Wars films, mm-hmm. uh, said, mentioned to him that Joss Whedon was talking bad or bad-mouthing Zack Snyder's version of the film right. while he was making Just like Now, that in and of itself is still somewhat unprofessional, but it mm-hmm. is a very different thing than Kevin Smith coming out and saying, "Yes, I know that Joss Whedon uh, right. talked down, you know, talked bad about Zack Snyder himself, which was a personal right. thing." Uh, so and it's
1: that's, he, and it's and it's like he heard from somebody else. So that, yes. that's one. That's and it's one all alleged, on. and
0: they make it a very big point to say, you know, this is all right. alleged. Yeah, and
1: and it's not that he gives an excuse for that behavior. He kind of. Contextualizes it with, uh, yeah, w- you know, with the, the, He kind of backs it up with that statement that, um, Barry Fisher says about enabling, uh, Joss Whedon, uh, and so that he kind of plays to the, he kind of plays devil, devil devil's advocate there by saying, if you're surrounded by studio execs that are not fans of the vision, the direction, you know, the direction that the, the I'm sorry, the vision and the direction that the movie was going in. You're gonna to want to play to them, right? You want to make sure that they are on your side, and um, you know you're gonna you're gonna do and say things. So it's like one of it's like mob mentality. That's essentially what it is, right? It's but the whole bullying thing, not saying that he's bullying him. I'm just saying that that's kind of like where it comes from. And people are like, oh yeah, I don't like this movie. And people are like, oh you know what? I don't like it either. It's total trash. Blah blah blah. And
0: deep down, you may not even feel that way. You're just kind of playing to the crowd. Yeah, I mean, there's, uh, you know, and John Berg um, actually <laughs> did respond to this, right? Uh, he was speaking to Variety, yep. and he actually said uh, that it's categorically untrue that we enabled any unprofessional behavior, and he says, I remember him being upset that we wanted him to say, booya. Which is a well-known saying of Cyborg in the animated series. Which, of course, he's talking about the Cartoon Network, Teen Titans and Teen Titans Go. Right. So, uh, again, <laughs> I mean, so here's Isn't where we that get it. Awesome statement. <laughs> it is because it's one of those things that's like you know typical vague. Like we didn't enable any unprofessional behavior. Okay. Well, if they were the ones who basically set out on the mission of let's dismantle everything Zack Snyder did. And that was the angle they went with. And that was the reason why they put Joss Whedon there. And they created a culture that was like, we need to get rid of this garbage because we hate it. Well, right. if, if Joss Whedon then goes on set and he's basically, you know, and we don't know what bad mouthing the movie is. We don't know what that means, Right. You know, right. we don't know that he said, oh, we're going to redo this because this was crap. We, we, wanna, we don't know what that is. But if you created a culture where you were trying to end the the vision of Zack Snyder, right, and you were trying to distance yourself from it and you put a director there uh, to accomplish that goal and he goes out and starts bad-mouthing said vision while he's directing his version of it, well, yeah, then mm-hmm. you did enable Well, they might not look at it as unprofessional behavior, but you certainly enabled the behavior that we're now debating whether it was professional or unprofessional. And because of the fact that we don't know what actually was said, right, how it was said, how it came across, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, it sure seems like it was unprofessional. You know, I mean, I don't know that. And this goes back to my stuff (laughs) about Whedon from last episode where it's like, you know. Um and a lot of his decisions were bad decisions. And a lot of his input wound up being wound up being bad as well. Um right. and again, the fact that he right. wasn't gonna have his name on it, to me, uh that that's unprofessional in and of itself. The fact that he didn't seem to really care much about it. Um mm. But yeah, I mean it it I I don't know that your role there as the director, is to sit there and badmouth what became before, especially when you consider the fact that these are the actors that were that made that film, right. right? I mean, and it's a lot of, you know, in some cases, the some of the crew that made that film. And, you know, just because you, your bosses are telling you that that was garbage, or just because maybe you didn't like that take, that doesn't necessarily mean that, it wasn't good. It was bad, and that you now come in and badmouth. Like, there's a way to handle I mean, I that. Feel, I think, regardless. Yep, yeah, go ahead.
2: Regardless, I think it's not like it's not cool to do that as a director or an artist. You know, to to come in and badmouth someone's vision because that's their version of their art. You know what I mean? Regardless, it sounds like he had a bit of an ego about him, got on a high horse, you know, I'm going to come in here, I'm going to fix this thing, I'm going to tell you what to do, I'm the director, and, you know, I've I've worked with directors that are like, no, like, what I say go, and they and they have an ego about it, because they set the tone for the set, and everything comes down from them you know, and then there's other directors who are really open to input and want to work with you guys and work together. And what what do you think about this? You know, like just directors that want to have a dialogue. It seems like that's what Snyder was to Ray. And he even talked about it in that interview that we briefly um, read last week. And to me, now that this whole thing is kind of Taking on a clearer picture, even though he can't say as much. I'm glad he's tweeting about it more because his initial tweet, I was like, whoa, where did that come from? Um, but now you see there is this kind of speaking out towards this hierarchy or this type of system that's on set um, when it should be more collaborative. And sometimes that's how it is on TV or films. Like theater is really collaborative, um, but sometimes on TV and film like you have you have a deadline you got to do this you know they're already in reshoots everybody's stressed um, mm-hmm. you know i think maybe joss came in i'm calling him by his first name um maybe he came in with a little bit of a ego well,
0: i think he came I mean, in with a whole a lot, lot of ego good. yeah
2: you know and 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 that's a downplay if if what everyone's saying is true working with him is a nightmare you know i think then great. Yeah. People I mean, should I, say something about it.
0: I think that he came in with the attitude that again, and this is where we, you know, we talk about the whole enabling the unprofessional behavior stuff. You know, if you're somebody right, like a John right. Berg, when you're, when you're sitting there and you know, again, let, you know, we remember the, the narrative that they wanted us to believe at the time, which was that Joss Whedon was like sitting in a closet somewhere on the Warner brothers lot, working on a Batgirl script and just happened to be right. there when they needed a director. And, yeah. You know, which obviously was all bullshit, but...
1: Um, you know, I, you know yeah, I'm sorry, but can we, pa- can we pause on that statement for a second? Because which, I think... Which
0: the bullshit... What, what I
1: find very interesting about this whole thing, specifically about the, the sort of timeline of when Whedon jumped in and when he didn't, is the fact that a lot of places are still reporting that Zack Snyder exited because of his family tragedy. Right. And I, you know, I'm not sure... Sh- no i mean everyone i think i think everyone should know that yeah, the dude was like essentially fired right like, i mean
0: yeah the, the the studio they used the that unfortunate you know tragedy as so, a way to so disgusting yeah as a way to just kind of transition him out but he was he mm-hmm. was gone I mean, you know, mm-hmm. Joss Whedon was not there to finish his. He was already working on this film. We, we know that now, right? I mean, that was the whole story. We, we know he was working on the movie. And, and clearly, John Berg and, and these guys were sitting there saying to him, we hate this. We hate this. We hate this. We need you to change this. We're going to need this. We're going to need this. And so, sure, when, by the time Whedon pops up on set, he's got this, like, complex about him where he's probably like, man, I'm the savior on this deal. Like, I'm here to save the day, you know, nobody, and not realizing that, you know, these actors had invested in these characters, Mm -hmm. you know, these, these actors had invested in these characters, they had invested in this vision, and now you're going out there basically in a way, and and this is speculation, to be fair, what I'm about to say, because we don't know exactly what was said, but I'm going on the, for the sake of this conversation, I'm going with the idea that you know, if if this really happened, right? If, if Whedon was truly bad-mouthing the film uh, and all of that stuff while he was making it. So let me just make that clear. But, you know, he walks in then at that point on set and he's like, all that stuff you guys did, that's crap. Mm-hmm. We're undoing all mm-hmm. of it, you know? And now watching the film back again, like you could see how like... It there's a feel that changes like you can see like people seem less inspired, right? In a lot of right. those reshoots and stuff like that. And uh and you know, maybe a lot of that was going on. I mean, look, again, I was not a fan, as as you know, anyone who listens to this show knows of all of Zack Snyder's vision, right? I liked some of it, didn't like other parts of it. Um and and to be honest, at the time I was not heartbroken over the fact that we weren't going to get to see the the finished version of that, but mm-hmm. in hindsight, looking back, I mean, what, the version of Justice League we got was hot garbage anyway, so it really accomplished nothing. So that is why I'm excited to at least now see the, the true vision, at, you know, with the Snyder Cut. Um, right. But you know, if you're the one of those, if you're those actors. I mean, you don't want to hear that, right? I mean, you don't want to hear, listen, this thing you've been invested in, and in some cases over multiple films, like, oh, that was crap. Mm-hmm. We're going to just reduce this now. And and look, let's. we all know that what Whedon was really doing was burying it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Z- Joss Whedon was brought on there not to finish a video. He was bu- brought on there to to essentially bury that film. Get it done, and bury it so that it, we wouldn't be getting sequels or anything like that. Mm-hmm. That was, mm-hmm. I believe that was the the what was going on at that time. You know, so I don't right. want to hear from John Berg telling me that they didn't enable any unprofessional behavior or anything like that because in a lot of ways, their entire, their behavior was unprofessional. The way they handled the situation, I mean, you can say that they at least tried to put on a, outwardly, you know, the way they they portrayed the transition of power there was quote-unquote professional. But obviously we know behind the scenes there was very little professional about the whole thing. Um, So it does not surprise me. And and, you know, for the people that are are kind of bad-mouthing Ray Fisher for speaking out now, I find it somewhat hypocritical because you know, when the guy goes out there three years ago and or two and a half years ago, whatever it was, yeah, I guess three years ago now, and you know, goes and he's trying to be the company man. Everyone says, oh, the hell with that guy. He's just being a company man. Don't listen to him. Mm. But now, a couple mm. years later, the guy's coming out and speaking his truth, right, and what we, we want to take as his truth, and people are like, oh, psh, yeah, look at this guy, how unprofessional. It's like he almost can't win here, you know, because it's right. like he's trying to be honest now and people are criticizing him for being honest. He was being a company man at the time and people were criticizing him for being a company man. And it's just like, you know, is a guy that's in a no-win situation and I think he probably even realizes that. So he's, he's happy that people are at least going to get to see his version of that character that we never got a chance to see, but I, I think he doesn't probably just doesn't really care. He's probably so disenfranchised at this point mm. that he's like, I mean, he's to hell with everybody.
1: He, you know, he's only been in a handful of things. Um, and so he, you know, interestingly enough, I, mean, I talked a little bit about this last time, probably in a not so positive way, but he has the most to lose right because if if you're being viewed as not a not a company person well, why would another studio want to hire you, you know what I mean? if you're going to end up spilling spilling like the behind the scenes stuff that that's happened but he is essentially saying like that's it accountability trumps you know my success as as an actor yeah um and and that's 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 pretty brave you know what i mean like i said a lot of the veterans um who also have a lot to lose because they've already kind of, you know, probably had to eat shit many times in their career. They didn't say anything. Like I said, Jason Momoa sat right next to him. His eye said everything, but Momoa didn't. <laughs> you know, Momoa didn't say anything. Right. Just kind of let let this get the let the young buck kind of like throw himself out there. And go, yeah, like, guys, I can do it. I can be your your mouthpiece and uh and he's out there saying no, that's it. I'm not yeah. I'm not doing the same more. Uh, it's also
0: the company man though shifts a little bit when the sense of like, you know, with Warner Media and AT&T taking a greater role in this whole situation now. Obviously things are changing, right? We're getting the Snyder version of Justice League. So, right. you know, it the company that he was Supporting a couple of years ago is somewhat different than the company now that oh, he's
1: supporting. a whole,
0: whole lot different. Yeah, so Most he's still, you could argue that right now, fired. yeah, you could argue right now he's actually still being a company man in a way, in a weird way. Um, You know, because now he's supporting, you know, the Snyder cut, the Snyder vision, and all of that, which right. they're supporting now, well, I I at sorry. least for HBO Max, so. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. But I yeah,
1: I don't know how much further this is going to go. I mean, the Kevin Smith commentary was enlightening because um, there were some things that he revealed in, in his sort of covering of this situation that I, that I was unaware of. Like the Gal Gadot um, body double thing. Yes. Where, like, oh,
2: the yeah.
1: Yeah. I didn't know that. I had no idea. I didn't that. either. Yeah, yeah.
0: And when you so, start to hear some of that stuff, and I
1: get, yeah, you're like, dude, you are a creep. Like, yeah. you're your lead actress. You're, you know, the woman who's like basically spearheading this entire, well, not even spearheading, but like leading the pack Pretty in much. terms of success for this franchise. And tells you, I'm not comfortable with doing this just for a gag, and you're like. Psh. I don't need you. Go stand over there. I'm going to get someone else to do it. Like yeah. what? No respect.
0: And and let's also put that into context. I mean, you know, Gal Gadot when she was um, cast as Wonder Woman was, uh, you know, fortunately faced the you know the criticisms, right? Uh, right. In some cases, based on physical appearance right. and
1: whatnot. Massages, yeah, yeah,
0: you know, all that that type of garbage that she had to overcome, and she did clearly right and she was great in BVS and obviously her movie was an enormous success and Kevin Smith talks about that and it's like mm-hmm. really and you're going to you're going to do that to her now right. like you're going to and it's just like So, yeah, I mean, when you hear stuff like that, it's like, yeah, I I, look, I I haven't supported Joss Whedon in this whole situation. I have not been a team Whedon as far as like, oh, I feel bad for him. You know, no one should be talking, you know, crap about him, whatever. And I haven't been. And and you know what? Maybe he'll come out and, you know, voice, uh, you know, his tell us his side of the story or whatever. I think the fact that he hasn't is maybe a little telling and I think the fact that we haven't yeah. heard from him in a couple of years is also very very telling mm-hmm. um, and I, I I, just find it hard to believe that you know a guy like Joss Whedon who you know I, look I, I've been a fan of his only because from his TV stuff like I love Buffy and I loved uh, Firefly, one of my favorite things ever, you know, that sadly mm-hmm. got canceled in Serenity. But, I mean, his resume is not that, I mean, he did the Avengers, right? That was the, really, the, Avenger, the Avengers movies are the only two things, as far as film goes, that really jump out at you, right, on his resume. Right. So he's not Spielberg. I, I,
1: like, I like that Cabin. Uh,
0: no, but he didn't, yeah, he didn't he direct that. that, though. But, yeah, but, I mean, he's not Spielberg, is what I'm saying. No, no, You no. know, so it's like... <laughs> and he's certainly not a Zack Snyder. no. He doesn't have that body of work either. So, you know, here's a guy who has basically kind of just gone very, very, like, under the radar now. And it's interesting because you would think that, like, you would think that he'd be on top of a lot of projects. I mean, Marvel doesn't really have much to do with him. Right, considering, I mean, he did those two of it. He was, you know, guiding a lot of that. Right, he's did Avengers, did Avengers Age of Ultron. But they really turned that whole thing over to the Russo brothers and even to James yeah, Gunn he, at one point. But
1: he has, but he has a marred past with 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 Marvel as well. after yeah. uh, Age of Ultron.
0: Yeah, that's what I mean. So
1: there were some, some comments that flew out of his mouth about Feige and and the sort of way that that he was operating the sh- the show. I mean, it's his show. And they they were like, No, nah, I'm sorry, man. Yeah. I don't want anything to do with you. So
0: you start um, to put all these things together and, and it, it starts to for me anyway, it becomes a starts to become a clearer picture. Uh mm-hmm. and until you know, until I hear otherwise, I mean I'm 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 not going to give him the benefit of the doubt. No. Yeah.
1: I think yeah. I think I think he needs he probably needs to uh take he- take some of that time i think that's probably why you haven't heard from him because i think even after even after um justice league there were some there was some commentary or some, something like that about his wife or some whatever it was I vaguely remember that there were some, some issues there mm-hmm. uh, someone saying that he was like like basically he was a big piece of shit and it was i think it was coming from his wife or something something like that his Um, wife said he was a big piece of shit i I don't remember exactly what it was i'm gonna have to look this up but like someone came out was like he's he's like a piece of shit um and it was all over the place for a little while and then that's kind of when he he really just disappeared and you know, he wasn't tweeting and any of that stuff.
0: Oh, so here's just, this is from The rap from August 20th, 2017. Joss Whedon is a, and this is the quote, a hypocrite preaching feminist ideas his ex-wife, Kai Cole, says. Oh. So I guess he got divorced in 2016. Yeah. Um. So, know. you know, for whatever that's right. Just to put some, to put a little context to what we were just talking Thank about. You. Yeah. <laughs>
2: It wasn't um, just making it up. Yeah, <laughs> no.
0: Uh Vulture did a story on it too as well apparently and um yeah. So Yeah, yeah so yeah. I mean look, it's it's it is what it is, but uh, and really at the end of the day it it gets back to to me saying like I think people need to ease up on Ray Fisher. Um yeah. He's an intelligent, outspoken guy. Um and sometimes people like that don't get treated well, uh, especially these days. Um, And, uh, but I I don't think that he's speaking out of malice in a sense of, I think he's just speaking, like I said, his truth. And Mm -hmm. uh, it's clearly something that's eating at him and he's passionate about And I'm sure in time we will hear more about it, but um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I,
1: I think the only disheartening thing, and this may change. Is that right now he's a man on an island? Um, it's his word versus no word, right? And right. I think
0: people, other than John Berg's, right, whatever, right, which is his... which is
1: total horseshit. Yeah. But um, I would like to see some of the other cast members like stand up with him. You know what I mean? If if what he's saying is and it, it doesn't it doesn't uh, it doesn't like you know, um, take anything away from what he's saying now. But I think it would add. So I'm like, yeah, we stand. Well, we stand with Ray. You know, like good for him for seeing what he. So what he, he needs here's to say. the
0: thing with that, because he did mention. I did see a, an article or a quote of his talking about how he's he's still under contract and he still has a non disclosure. So sure. he's got to be careful about what he says. So that makes sense. Now, I think as you mentioned earlier, he has the. You said he has the most to lose, but in a lot of ways, he has the least to lose when it comes to like lawsuits, right? Because right, right, he is right. Not, he's, has not had the success that everybody <laughs> else has He's not been had. very busy. Correct. So, <clears throat> um, you know, he's going to be the guy that's probably going to be a little bit more comfortable walking that fine line here as far as like, what right. can I say? What can I say? What can I get away with within the context of the, you know, the NDA uh, whereas, you know, somebody like Jason Momoa or Gal Gadot and obviously Ben Affleck's not going to get involved in that probably right yeah. now, things like that. No. So they and, and you know, Cavill, he has a very good team behind him that's probably not going to want to get him involved in all of this stuff. So I, I don't think that's that funny, their silence necessarily means anything other than the fact that they're just being very savvy and coy about the whole thing and probably yeah. waiting for either the right time. And, and they're also locked into deals yeah, you for know, the sequels. For sequels, like sequels yeah, and no, stuff. No. So they're, they're not going to, you know, look, the fact that they're not saying anything does not mean that what Ray Fisher is alluding to is inaccurate or that he's making it up. It's just that, you know, there's reasons why I think a number of reasons why he's the one who's speaking out right now uh, mm-hmm. and they're not going to. And I get it.
2: I- it- i don't think he has any reason to to make up an opinion you know his opinion was that joss whedon was unprofessional and he was gross and abusive you know in his own words and that it was completely unacceptable on set i don't think it's his word against whedon's word i think like that was your opinion the guy must have done something to really destroy the morale of this set or maybe make people feel uncomfortable Mm -hmm. maybe maybe gal gadot you know he he can't say specifically maybe like oh for example in this scene um but i think his opinion is there's no reason why we shouldn't believe him he has no reason to kind of make this up right i think people have the issue that he went on a maybe like a platform like twitter and this is this is where like social media kind of sometimes makes things a lot worse. Because if you think about it, if he was on a podcast or like an interview and and someone was asking him like, oh, what was it like working on set? And maybe if he felt really comfortable with the interview or whatever and said, honestly, three years has passed. So I feel like I could say it now. And, you know, with everyone fighting back against like, systemic racism or any type of systemic like structure Why? in our in our in our uh you know in our world now. I have to tell you that was such a horrible experience when he came on set and he was unprofessional. And I uh, yeah, I'm gonna say it now. I think like it's it's that reception of it, I don't think people would have, you know, kind of attacked him. I, I think it was just coming out of nowhere with that video clip. It it he didn't start it in the most savvy way. But um, I like that he is following it up with stuff, but with Twitter, it's like you get, you know, only a certain amount of words and you can't really tell the intent or the sincerity of a person. Um, but if you look at him, you know, his career and, and especially being a person of color, you know, in such a big, um, like entertainment environment, it's like, it's hard it's really hard. And for him to just come out and, you know, say like, that was unacceptable. I don't think there's any reason why we shouldn't believe him. And, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe his initial thing was kind of like tongue in cheek. You know what I mean? Like here, let me post a video. And, and, and because he was probably angry. Um, so we'll see, but you know, that, that's what I think. So for, for people saying like, I don't know. I I just think sometimes social media just needs to like, take a back seat for a second. Um, so it doesn't, it doesn't help him in that sense. Right. It really doesn't help him. Mm. But well, when I when I read the interview, like I kind of understood a little more where he was coming from and how mm. much skin he had in the game because he had he had other stuff on the table. You know, he was yeah. meeting with Marvel, like his career is starting to pick up. He probably thought like this is it. And sometimes in Hollywood and entertainment, you only have one shot. Even for famous people, even people that you know have a one hit wonder, sometimes we don't see them for another like five years or so because it's they have to wait for that opportunity. So he chose DC and kind of got screwed at the end because of Mm. all the politics on set, you know. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. and yeah, I feel like he had so much skin in the game, it's kind of like disappointing, yeah, right. Disappointing.
0: I think what happens with social media, and it happened even in this case, is unfortunately now right away everybody has to break up into teams, into sides. Mm-hmm. I'm on this side, you're on that side, and we need to just go at it. And that's, you know, rather than just look at it and and again, everybody's got to have like an immediate reaction. But what you said before, I think, was really good. Is that no matter what, if Ray Fisher and Ray Fisher alone believes that what Josh Whedon did was unprofessional and all that other stuff. Even if he's the only person that felt that, it still doesn't it still it's true in to him. Right? Right. It, it it, right. it doesn't make it doesn't discredit. Right. It doesn't make it not true. It and and obviously it, it doesn't seem like he is the only person, you know, that feels that way. Um and I, I'm pretty sure that he probably isn't if he felt the need to speak up, because I don't I would I would have a big problem with him if he spoke up and said the way he treated the cast and crew and all that stuff and it turned out to like it was just only his personal vendetta. So I don't believe that for a second. But right. even if it was just in his opinion that this was Josh Whedon was really unprofessional, then that's his truth. And um you know, and what you know, you notice what John Berg didn't say. John Berg said we didn't or no one enabled um, unprofessional behavior, he doesn't actually address the fact of whether there was unprofessional behavior. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't say, no, Joss Whedon was a professional. He doesn't come out and say, I didn't see anything on set that made me feel, or hear right, anything right. On, from the set I mean, that made he, me feel like... He you says know,
1: something with a lot of nothing in it. He
0: said, we didn't... So he's directly addressing the whole thing where he says, Jeff Johns and John Berg enabled that behavior like, you know blah 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 mm. so he's saying well i uh, n- you know not, nobody not enabled unprofessional whedon. behavior okay nope you're trying to say you didn't enable it but you're not saying whether it happened <laughs> you know you're not That's, saying hmm. joss whedon was a stand-up guy joss whedon was a total professional we didn't hear any complaints at the time we didn't hear anything uh, from hey. anyone on right. set you know to co- none of that is said and then he does mention, oh, I, the, Ray, the only thing he really had a problem with was, you know, the booyah and all that stuff. But, you know, he didn't, he didn't address anything else. He didn't address cast and crew saying, like, no, we didn't hear any other, ca-. you know, he's, he's, you know, specifically addressing Ray Fisher. And, you know, if Ray Fisher only spoke out about the booyah thing, I mean, you know, again, what is he going to do? Is he going to, you know, strike on set because he's not happy? No, he was going along with it at the time and, and he did obviously voice. So that's also interesting to me. I think it's also very telling of, of in that response what was not addressed. Because mm-hmm. you would mm-hmm. think that that would be, if you were passionate about you as a producer and, and this person is basically calling the set unprofessional, um, you would think you'd want to do more than just say, well, we didn't enable unprofessional behavior. It may have happened, but we didn't enable it. Mm-hmm. And that's Ugh. essentially mm-hmm. what he's I mean, like I right, said, what he's right. not saying is basically that
1: it was no <laughs> yeah yeah
0: Ugh.
2: well we didn't we didn't make her wear that mini skirt, I don't know,
0: right, yeah, we, just, didn't like a a bo- we didn't tell him to use a bot, we didn't tell him to use a body double, <laughs> yeah, you know, when she didn't want to do to something
2: professional, so therefore, yeah. he didn't I mean, know he was supposed to be professional, yeah.
0: So, <laughs> as the
2: director, I, I don't want
0: to hear anything from him either on that. But, uh, all right. So, I, I'm sure this probably isn't going to be the last that we talk It might be the last we talk about this maybe for now, but I'm shy of a feeling that this will. Or maybe <laughs> episodes it's not. In. It's very possible tomorrow something else might happen. But I, I think we'll be discussing this for a little while, probably until we actually get the Snyder cut. Um, but. Uh
1: which you know speaking speaking of quickly before we transition yeah.
0: um there was a
1: quick commentary from the Russo brothers or at least Joe Russo, who uh expressed his excitement for for uh seeing the Snyder cut.
0: You're sure? Um
1: and but,
0: well, I said sure. I would make sure Yeah yeah
1: questions. yeah <laughs> and that he's uh he's very happy that a director gets to um you know see his vision um you know restored. Yeah. Um, and that folks are going to check that out. So that, that was, that was really cool. Then he kind of shared a little light about how, uh, he and his brother, uh, basically everything that you've seen, um, in, uh, the films that they've directed are essentially their director's cut. So, yeah.
0: I mean, look, so if they, you're, they... whether you were happy or liked the direction that Zack Snyder was going in or whatever, if you're a director. Uh I would think you would be in favor of a director's vision being, you know, seen as opposed to what happened. Like I would think, I can't imagine that directors would not be happy about that. Right. Cause it could happen to you. Right. I mean, it right. could happen to anybody. So you and would want to be on the side. And it has of, happened
1: to folks at that studio, Sure has. So yeah. 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 Um but, uh, yeah, I mean, and that sparked an interesting conversation between, um, you know, me and me and Ron Diesel kind of talking about the two the two differences in in the camps, right, in the Marvel and DC camps and how, um, you know, Marvel typically approached a lot of their characters, you know, from from probably being more grounded in comic book accuracy than than some of the DC stuff. And I think, you know, Zach was doing something very different with the deconstruction of these heroes. And that ultimately is what, what, um, lost favor with, with some of the folks that were in charge. So, um, and again, it's a producer driven studio. Marvel is, so
0: it's a producer driven studio. There's, it's there's, also, there's, a st- yeah, it's also a studio that was at the time close Tied in a little bit closer to, like the comic book side too, right? Because it was Marvel Studios. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, yeah. yes, D- Warner Brothers owned. We know that Warner Media they own DC, but it wasn't like DC Studios, right? No, uh, uh,
1: yeah. I mean, yeah. It, J- Jeff Johns, you know, involvement in Justice League.
0: Right, that uh, came later.
1: Though. Was a was a new thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That was yeah. that was a
1: new thing, yeah. you know, off of the back of Wonder Woman sure. and things like that. So yeah. very
0: different structures <laughs> with what Marvel did and what, what D what Warner was trying to do with that. So yeah.
1: Alright. Right.
0: So uh a couple other things, I mean, did you wanna get into um the streaming stuff or did you want to talk about this pirates thing or
1: I mean the pirates thing is just a quick mention. It's nothing nothing um I'm just kind of dead. I'm done with it. <laughs> But apparently, Margot Robbie <laughs> uh, is in talks to uh, reboot the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. That's um,
2: awesome.
1: So, I'm I, like, I'm 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 interested in the fact that again, it's Margot Robbie and she she basically shits gold. Um, yeah. But the franchise itself, to me, has been beaten. To a bloody pulp And I And you know The funny thing is I've I've been on a rewatch Of these things And um, I'm I mean It it started off really well I'm only like You know One and a half (laughs) movies Started off really well And then totally slipped. So the
0: The Pirates franchise Is one of those franchises That I've talked about Before on the show That Were mega franchises That I've only seen The first movie Of And nothing else after uh, yeah. oh. so transformers was in that category until I, I watched bumblebee. Um, mm. so I guess I broke that streak there with transformers cause I had only seen the first one up until I watched bumblebee. Um, right. but Jurassic park was one of those franchises and pirates is the other one. Um, I've only mm. seen the first one. I didn't, I actually liked it. I didn't expect to like it, but when I saw it, yeah. I saw it like at my friend's house um, I was like, Wow, that's and mainly because of Johnny Depp. Um
2: I was it, like, wow, I that mean, was... It still holds up. I watched, yeah. just
1: finished watching it yesterday.
0: Yeah. It
2: does. And or I like Orlando Bloom.
1: He he's great. Um, Kieran
0: Knightley.
2: And Kieran yeah, it had a great cast.
0: Yeah. It did, yeah. but think, that's really you... a case of like a tour de force performance <laughs> carrying a movie. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah.
1: I mean John, Johnny Depp makes makes the film but then by the third, fourth, fifth movie, it's like God, please stop! It's so bad. Why? Right? What are you guys doing? Talking about beating a dead horse. Um, Is
2: Margot playing a pirate? I
1: don't. I don't actually know.
2: Because that I, I cannot picture. However, she does elevate everything that she does. So yeah. I would just love to see her version of a pirate. More likely, she's. I don't know. Yeah, she might like run her own ship or something. Yeah,
0: it says it's going to be a a female led um, uh, role in the new Pirates of the Caribbean. So...
2: Right, right. She's teaming I wonder, up at, I mean, uh, it's bit... Dodson again, right? Didn't they cancel uh, Birds of Prey too?
1: Um... It's well, she's
0: in the Suicide Squad, right? Yeah. So yeah. I don't know that it's I mean I mean, it, the movie did Yeah, I don't
1: know if it's actually can-
0: yeah. canceled. Um mm,
1: okay. I don't know if the perform if its performance would have warranted another another film. Um
2: Oh really? It's like that.
1: No, I mean like like yeah, so clearly <laughs> you haven't seen it. I think I saw it. Uh, Oh, that's right. We talked about it. I'm sorry. I, what I'm yeah. saying is that it's box office performance warranted a, a sequel. I don't I don't think so, but who knows? Um, okay. Yeah, 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 who knows? All um, right, well, for, for
2: this one, she's teaming up with the same screener. Hodson. Sorry, Hodson. I said it was yeah. Dodson. Yeah. It's Hodson. Okay. Hmm.
1: I, I wonder we, if it's she... a, loose, a loose reboot. Versus like it, a complete news. It thing. depends
0: on which story. I mean, there's all the headlines are different. This one is Margot Rob Robbie leads all female pirates of the Caribbean remake. Um, so it seems like the Hollywood Reporter broke the story that, and they say it's it's a remake, uh, written by Christina Hodson. Um, it and it's going to be. I mean, obviously it's a spin off, but it's. You know, yeah. It seems like it's going to be, you know, an all female spin- take on is it. Still <clears throat> coming from the same universe. Uh, it is. So I mean, mm-hmm. you could say remake. Re- that's where it all becomes semantics, right? Remake, right. reboot, spin off. That's like like a Bumblebee.
1: Bumblebee yes. is a spin off, but a remake. And a reboot of the
0: also. Franchise.
1: A reboot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all those things. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, I, yeah. Bring it. Let's let's see how it does. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: not it's not that exciting, but it no, it's is, not. I just and I just should. hope that
1: they learn from Ghostbusters,
2: right? Yeah, like I'm I'm all for obviously, you know, uh, female representation and and more films and roles and and leading roles and whatnot, you know. But I'm also the proponent of just original content also Yeah. you know Mm -hmm. um pirates is one of those that is kind of like beaten really badly and unless they really have a different angle on the story but you know she's probably either gonna be like a pirate or she's gonna be maybe like a colonial you know maybe princess or or I don't know. There's just all of these tropes that come with it. And mm-hmm. I, I hope they don't rely too heavily on either one of those tropes and have, you know, a bland story, but then just insert female here. You know, that right. that doesn't really do anything for me as a viewer, as an audience. Um, mm-hmm. but a more original retelling or, or something interesting about that lifestyle or that time, that would be cool. Um mm-hmm. Yeah. treasure, maybe, but mm. yeah, she I mean, do a other, good job the other either films way. But
1: went crazy, you know, it's like on the hunt for something else. You know, Davy Jones' locker, this map, the the. Um, well, they're pirate movies. Fountain I them, mean, you, there's
0: only so much you can do with a pirate movie. I don't think right. it was ever intended to be like. I mean, do you think? Do you think people <clears throat> to be that lost big of a friend? Well, I don't think so that, it was ever intended to bit. be that big of a franchise. I, I think the first movie wound up being a much bigger hit than they thought it was going to be, mm-hmm. because there were actually reports at the time that that movie they were afraid it was going to be a bomb, and then it wound up being mm-hmm. really successful. I yeah, I don't I think that you know it, it's, it's just got, such it a got
1: Johnny got Oscar now, right?
0: Yeah, it's such a limited concept, you know, like you said, like oh, they were just. Different treasure. Well, that's what pirates do. Like that's, you know, there's only so much you can do with it without getting it like pirates in space. You know, like you don't want to go there. So how much, you know, how much can you do with that stuff? Yeah, I mean, after a while, (laughs) you know, you just make a couple of those and cut your losses. I think at that point, like you just, there's only so much you could do with them. And now, as we've seen, now they want to revisit the franchise again, but now they have to do it differently. Uh, you know, to, mm. they have to change up the cast in order because mm-hmm. they can't really change up the concepts that much. Right, uh, right. So that's why I'm not particularly excited about it. I just was never super excited about the franchise in general. So I didn't care who they were. They, they could have announced Johnny Depp back. They could have announced it wouldn't have made a difference. Well, it, putting... <clears throat> she's
2: she's just amazing and everything she does. I just yeah. saw Bombshell and uh,
0: just yeah.
2: she, she just transforms herself and in, in every single role so i think if anyone can play a pirate if that that is the case that's the character she's gonna play then i think she'll do great but the film you know we'll see
0: yeah i have no doubt about her I,
1: Tanya, that, that movie's so good
2: oh yeah she produced it too So
1: good yeah
2: she's phenomenal has she won an oscar yet um, I don't think so, but she, she is due. I mean, she's not going to win an Oscar for Pirates of the Caribbean, or but, or
1: Harley Quinn.
2: you know, Hey, yeah. I like that movie. Okay. 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 <laughs> <laughs> All right. That, bro- next. That, bro- that Brooklyn
1: accent. I can't do it. Cannot do it. Oh, I thought it
2: was good.
1: Yeah. Turned it up.
0: Too much. Let's uh all right. So all right. let's talk some streaming stuff. All right. Because I know Aaron was um particularly excited about Peacock, um, which is a thing now, right? It's the NBC yeah. streaming service that is when yeah. is it actually debut? July fifteenth. July fifteenth, okay. Next Wednesday. Yeah. And there are multiple tiers to this one. So there is actually a pretty expansive free tier, which is going to have a lot of content, and obviously it's going to be ad-supported. And then there's a a premium tier, which is broken up into both an ad-supported and ad-free version. So um, right now they're running a 40% off special if you you, uh, buy the entire year. You can get the premium tier with the that's still ad supported that just has a get some additional content and I guess less ads. That's right now 30 bucks for the year um, for now, right? So that's the 40% off price. And then there's the the ad free tier, which is 80 bucks right now for the year, which is although they do have a disclaimer in there that says that that due to contracts, there will still be some ads on certain programming even with that tier uh Probably
1: will come before the show or piece yeah of for whatever starts. for
0: whatever that is worth but um so it's an interesting model it's an interesting way to roll it out uh we you and i had discussed it through text and i i had said that i i'm not going to pay for either of the premium versions of this because i for two reasons one I would want to see first how expansive that ad. I I have a feeling that the free version is going to be fairly expansive because they're really putting a lot of their promotional energy into talking about how it's free. So Mm -hmm. I think they're going to want that. The other thing is I think I have actually, and you know I'm the biggest proponent of streaming and cord cutting Mm -hmm. that there is, I have hit my limit for streaming services. I am full right now. And... I I am barely watching HBO Max at this point, and I'm actually debating keeping it for now because I, I uh, just really? I don't even find myself going to it that often. And I think a big reason for that is just my current viewing habits are guiding me towards certain services right now. And yeah. I am not going to put myself in the position that I was in when I had cable where I'm going to be paying for things that I'm not watching because that's why I got yeah. rid of cable. I'm done with the paying for stuff that I'm not watching stuff anymore. And the whole point of... Cord cutting and streaming is to give you that flexibility. You don't have to subscribe to every service, right? You can subscribe to what you need right now, and then that can change next month, and so on and so forth. So I've hit my limit, uh, and I, I'm not really looking to add anything else at this point. So I'll I'll let the free version exist. I'll let it. I'll see what's there. What kind of content is there? I'll see how often I go to it over the first couple of months. And then right. I'll decide from there, you know, what I wanna do. And and how, you know, how intrusive the ads are, how much how many ads there are. Um I've actually gone down to the ad supported version of Hulu now from the I had been paying for the ad free version because I watch Hulu less and less now as well. I um,
1: that's funny. That's that's the one that's actually slipping from my list as well. Yeah.
0: And I think that their ads are not as are really not that intrusive, so I don't mind watching stuff with ads there. mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, so I but you now though are are committed right to?
1: I mean, for now, um, yeah. And I I do it only because I know that my daughter is going to watch the hell out of it. Yeah, Um, because it's coming with all of the universal features, right? Like. I'm I wouldn't be surprised if if Trolls World World Tour is on there when it launches. Um but she's a big she loves Shrek, you know, so they're coming with with all of the Dreamworks uh content. Um she loves all the all of the despicable me minion stuff. So I'm just like there you go, kiddo. You just watch it and leave me alone for a little bit. <laughs> no, I mean, so, you know, I think, um, we'll see. I, 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 I pre-ordered it. It's not, you know, it's not, not that much money in my, my eyes, but to, to your point before about how much stuff is out there, uh, yeah, I'm at capacity as well. And, you know, I, I free trialed a, a, a service. It was the stars one. There were a couple movies on there that I was like, "Oh, I should check those out," and now I'm paying for it again, and I'm like, "Nope, I got to make the call. I got to get rid of it. Um, Watch whatever I can, and then just stop the subscription."
0: Yeah, because they're running a special now too—like six months for twenty-five bucks. Stars is yeah. If you get it through the Stars app.
2: Oh yeah, we just um, we just signed up for Stars uh, for a dollar a month for the first two months. Wow. That that was the promotion that we took because uh, we wanted to watch. What were we watching on Stars? Power. <laughs> no, we were watching. No, we were That's watching. That's what I watched. <laughs> I had never seen Power actually.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, we were watching some movies. I totally forgot what it was. What? You know, like, that's the thing. Like, I tweeted the other day. Uh, I used an actual GIF this time. That would have been funny to try and explain the I Love Lucy GIF <laughs> that Asterisk. I posted.
1: Lucy eating lots of chocolates, can't stop, closing From the
2: conveyor belt, yeah. yeah. I mean, people would totally know what that is because it's such an iconic moment. But that, that's how I feel. Like, it's like all of these, like, streaming services, you forget what you watch on what because there's yeah. so many nowadays. Uh you know, I'm definitely not getting Peacock. I haven't even looked into HBO Max. You also can't get it on Sling by the way. That's, I don't know if you guys knew that.
0: HBO Max, you can't get it in a lot. You, you can't get it on a Roku. You can't get it on Amazon Fire devices either. Yeah, um, that's
2: what we have. The Fire yeah. Stick. I only that's have really it because
1: not, not, not Fire are you it, Chris. Yep. What's that? I said that's probably the real reason why you can't wear No, I mean those?
0: I have it through my Samsung smart t v which is fun it's actually really nice on the they have a really nice app it's sleek it's streamlined yeah. it's just that i again like i and it part of it is pandemic driven or whatever but like my my viewing habits have kind of shifted a little bit and and i i tend to now i'm i'm going to uh certain things more regularly and right. i and i find that and that's always my test right my litmus test with this stuff is like if i just turn off my brain for a little bit and i start going just without targeting certain things i just let myself drift towards certain content that's how i see like well where is that content that i'm naturally drifting towards like the stuff that i'm gonna want to watch when i'm looking to just have a like an escape or looking to just be entertained like where is it coming from and i i just Mm. keep tabs of that and it's something that i've done since i I decided to do the whole cord cutting thing. I mean, that's how I decided to get rid of cable. I just started to make lists of like, well, what are the stations that I'm actually going to? And what am I watching on those stations? And how much am I mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like what how many how much am what am I actually watching in relation to how much I have? And so I've I've always kind of just kept those mental notes now ever since. Um because I, I've just I'm very Like I said, I I don't care. Even if something seems affordable, like for me, if I'm not going to be watching it, then it's just not necessary for me to to pay for it, Uh, even no matter how affordable it is, because that's how I you know, that's how you wind up running up the bills. And uh, like when you have cable, you, you have 200 channels and you probably watch 10. You know, it's like you're paying for all of those channels um, that add up after a while. So I I think that but had they not had a free version that's going to be very robust, I think maybe I would have a different conversation. Like I probably subscribe for a month and try Mm -hmm. it out. But the fact that they are pushing this free version so strong, like that's what makes it easy for me to say, like, look, I could still watch it. I'm not missing really anything. By not paying for it, so it's and it's actually an interesting business model because it's they're going to be the first of these um, direct like content driven um, content provider driven streaming services that are going the ad supported route. I mean, CBS All Access right. has an ad supported version and a non ad supported version, like, but they're both you pay for both of them. Like there's no right. free version of CBS All Access. It's 6.99 for the version without commercials, and it's 9.99 a month for the version that um, that has no ads. And the nice thing about CBS All Access, though, is that all of their catalog content, their old legacy content, doesn't have ads anyway, even on the mm-hmm. the ad supported version.
2: Man. It's
0: just on the the current stuff. Um, but yeah, so they're the first one to do that to create this free tier. And it's going to be really interesting to see how that works, you know, in relation to – because the thing is, you know, with Disney Plus and HBO Max, there are a lot of people right now that are are freeloading. Right. You know, me being one of them in the case of, of Disney Plus, because Verizon customers got it for free for the first year. And HBO right. Max now—it's like anybody that had HBO automatically got upgraded or got the got access to HBO Max, mm-hmm. uh, and there are some people altogether that didn't um, that are going to get it, you know. And Comcast, even with Peacock, Comcast customers are going to get—I think yeah, the premium Xfinity versions package. for free. Yeah, with the Xfinity. So, like, we're starting to see all of this start to blend together and develop, and start to evolve into that next level of what these things are going to be. <clears throat>
1: HBO Max is doing something similar with DC Universe. Which was very interesting. Yeah, so I like, did. If you see subscribe that. to DC Universe, you would get yeah. HBO Max for like four ninety nine. Or something
0: like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it reminded me, I was like, oh shit, I have a DC Universe account, which I'm <laughs> which I'm gonna cancel. But it's funny because there was a little bit of a buzz on Twitter about DC Universe and it started with Stargirl. That's start uh, Star this is a little bit of news too to share. Stargirl would be moving from DC Universe over to CW officially without any streaming to DC Universe, which mm. sort of put the writing on the wall that the service itself was, was doomed. Right. Um and then, you know, people were talking about the access to the comics and all of that, which is something you and I have talked about yeah. at length. Um in previous episodes so i'm I'm interested to see how that how that gets handled uh moving forward because i do think that of all of the streaming services i've experienced thus far like dc universe was probably had the poorest U- ux or user experience mm-hmm. um and i wouldn't be surprised if that was the end of that
0: yeah i mean i think the writing's been on the wall ever since they they Announced yes. HBO Max. I mean, I think that you know what's going to happen is you have to start to intelligently use your resources, right? So a show like Stargirl is great for the CW because while it it's it was supposed to be a joint venture between DC Universe and the CW, it fits on the CW. But it, it because it's not a, it was not a hundred percent like CW show. It still got a, a different enough vibe. That it can, it freshens up that lineup and it stands right. out. So, why not take advantage of that? Um, why, you know, so I would just, it makes complete sense to move it over there full time. And you have DC, you have HBO Max, you know, for shows like Doom Patrol and stuff like that, that are not going to fit on the CW, um, but have an audience. And. It- Go ahead.
2: Is is Peacock gonna have its own original content that you can, yeah. can yeah, only watch on Peacock? Because yes. I feel like it is okay. what what I those shows
1: are, I, I have no clue.
2: <laughs> okay, but it's but it's meaning it's not gonna be let's say on Channel Four, NBC, if you have cable. No. Ah, okay. Because I I was under the impression that it was more like a like a separate on demand app where you can access past content. Well there's and, that and that's their an whole element catalog of it. which you which you can. Um, I'm not one to like to watch old stuff. Like I know a lot of people like my friend can watch The Office and, you know, Married with Children and, and all of the sitcoms Over and over and over and over. That's me. When I'm done with the show, I'm like, that's it. I'm done. Sometimes if 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 I have a favorite episode, you know, maybe I'll turn it on. But it's usually only because my boyfriend's in the room. He likes to watch like old episodes that he thinks of that are funny. Um, But once I'm done, I'm done. So that's why I, I gear towards the streaming platforms that have more original content and what's coming out new. But if Peacock has its own content, that would be really interesting to see. And it's just on there. Well, um, before you but, say that,
0: um, okay. I, I have the list of their original <laughs> enlighten content. Me,
2: Chris, enlighten me, Chris.
0: Yeah. Well, because it's, it's, there is stuff, but just, you may not find it all interesting. But although just to, to, to get it out there, I am one of those people as well that will watch old sitcoms and stuff over and over and over again. Um, mm-hmm. and of course it's ironic cause the office is actually one of the most viewed, the office and friends were like the it two is, most viewed, great. uh, shows on Netflix, which is why they were both like in bidding wars to get their rights. And HBO max got friends and Peacock uh, never saw an episode of the rights of to the office, which is yeah.
2: Of, of wait, of friends
0: of either. Of yeah. Them. We've had this discussion with him before. We don't understand. Right. either or, or, or Seinfeld. Yeah. Oh,
2: God. No, no, Really? I thought I was
0: bad. Oh, my God. So here's some of the original comedy content that's going to be on Peacock. A a revival or a, I guess a revival of uh, Punky Brewster. Um,
1: That's so dope. I didn't even know that. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. A
0: revival reboot of Saved by the Bell.
1: Oh, I did hear that. Yeah, okay. Uh,
0: A show called Clean Slate... um, Yeah, there's just a... MacGruber is getting its own show. Um, Things like that. There's the dramas. They're they're going to do another reboot of Battlestar Galactica. Uh, There's a show, Brave New World. Um, Dr. Death is a crime drama. Law and Order Hate Crimes.
2: Oh
1: no! Uh, yeah, I'll just watch the news. Oh
2: no! Yeah, that's got to be really sad.
0: Yeah. Um. There's some talk shows, uh, and there's animation. Some Cleopatra in space, the Adventure Zone. Cleopatra
2: uh, in space. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's an animated <laughs> sci-fi show. There's you know okay, there's a animated, lot of stuff. Okay. I mean, whether any of it's you know going to be where I mean there's a a co-production between Hulu cuz don't forget and Comcast owns a chunk of Hulu as well. Uh Hulu and um and I guess whoever else uh, Madagascar a little wild that's going to be a family comedy co-production with Hulu and Peacock. There's three of those. Trolls Topia Aaron Oh wow,
1: I can't wait. That's to do
0: going that. to be a co po- uh, production uh, with Hulu. It's going to be an animated family comedy from Dreamworks Animation. Uh and they're also going to have, you know, a bunch of other stuff. So, and there's going to be some okay. original films as well. Um so, yeah, there is going to be original content. It's just a matter of, you know, whether it's worthwhile for you or not.
2: Still no, but okay. Yeah.
0: That's why they have the free version. Try it out, you never know. <laughs> You might love The New Saved by the Bell.
2: You're right. You're right.
0: Yeah. So that's that's Peacock. Um is there anything else we have this week? Yeah. Okay.
2: Hulk Hogan movie.
0: Hulk Hogan movie.
2: I I really want to know what you guys think about um the the fact that Chris Hemsworth is going to be playing Hulk Hogan I've been thinking about this all day whether I like it or whether I, uh, I don't but basically there there's you know new Hulk Hogan movie that's coming out um, it's going to be helmed by Todd Phillips and I think Netflix has the exclusive rights to this currently uh, from what I read there is no script yet he's just been given the role and he's prepping his body. Now and he says that he has to kind of do more in preparation than he did for Thor.
0: Yeah. So is they don't call
1: call him the Hulk for nothing.
0: No. Is this going to be like, like it's a it's a biopic. It is. Yeah. It's Mm -hmm. not. Okay.
2: I I just kind of weird that a non-American is playing. You know, the all-American.
1: Come on, Henry Cavill plays. Superman
2: no I'm just like all these Australian actors you know but then but then I, I was like I kept thinking about it I'm like all right fine if you don't want an Aussie you know to play an American um because he's it's just only because it's so much of his uh you know his his gimmick his presentation you know I was like well who else Vanessa, I was like arguing. I was debating with myself. I was like, who else then? If not him, who else? And I really couldn't think of anyone that I thought could do it well and maybe get to that level of physique. Because we, we, we might not be able to, you know, CGI and, and do all this special effects stuff like they do, you know, in, in uh, like the Marvel movies, right? Yeah. Like he's going to have to authentically, I think, look – jacked well oh hell yeah
0: i mean hulk hogan obviously is not as cut as like chris hemsworth is naturally but he was much
2: bigger bulkier yeah um
0: yeah that's what the juice will do and you know
2: yeah and you know todd phillips is gonna bring some level of like deep authenticity to it i mean from the last movie i Um, mean
1: who'd have thought the, the, I mean, that's, really that's the mind-blowing part of this entire conversation. It's not the fact that Chris Hemsworth is is stepping into, you know, the Hulkster's shoes or boots. It's the fact that Todd Phillips, again, is picking, like, a you know, a biopic on on, on like, a national treasure. And he's probably going to go real serious with this thing. Yeah. Again, Todd Phillips, the guy who directed all three.
0: I mean, hangover. there's a lot of directions they could go That's with this movie. Great. I don't know what direction they're going to take with it. And I don't even know, you know, if they're going to go completely for like a true life story or like how it may just be kind of like. It's going to be
2: it's going to it says that it's going to be focused on Hogan's rise and is described as an origin story of Hulkamania.
0: Okay, so that's a movie I will not watch because it's gonna. I'm gonna want to throw things through the television because <laughs> I I know about as much about the birth of Hulkamania as a person could possibly know, um, and I it, that type of stuff will irk me because I know there's going to be inaccuracies. I know there's going to be stuff corners. that they yeah that they and if if they're using, I mean I don't know if they're if they're what they're going by with like their source material and whatnot, but um. Yeah, I have. I hope it doesn't. I hope it's one of those movies that doesn't bother the the hell out of me. But um, it's tough when you know so much about a subject. Um, you know, that's why I'm hoping maybe they go a little bit more in the entertainment realm, so that I don't have to. You, you know? mean
1: like, uh, like Rocket Man type film? Like well, not I, the musical stuff, but kind I mean, of I, like fantastic. I haven't seen Rocket Man,
0: so I'm not. Oh, jeez, sure.
1: dude, come on. But, oh, uh, says the
2: guy who's never watched Friends. Never seen
1: I actually watched Good Things, that's why.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Aww. Okay. <laughs> but The Office and Seinfeld are good. Well, you know, Chris Hemsworth did say that he'll have to also do a deep dive into the rabbit hole of the wrestling world, which I'm really looking forward to doing. So he's basically admitting hole. he knows nothing. He knows nothing.
0: Yeah. He's probably better off that way.
2: Because he's, he's not american he's gonna
0: hate himself by the time he's done with this (laughs) be my guess
2: i Uh, i just think i also think another interesting part of this this whole news is that there's there's no script like he's just signed on he hasn't even seen anything yet you know he's just like yeah i'm gonna start getting jacked and i'm gonna play this part and it's gonna be really fun without even looking at a script which I mean, I guess, he's gonna I get. He's gonna it, get. I guess
1: John it happens. He, I mean, he, two things. So right now, <laughs> Todd Phillips cannot do any wrong, because it was. I mean, Joker is a is a masterpiece of a, a film. Um, so he's probably riding off of that. I think. I, I don't know. I I'd, I'd be interested to see. Um, you know, if if the Hulk Hogan is involved in any of this
0: like who who is the story not, coming actually. from yeah i would prefer it if he's not involved in it because then you're going to get the <laughs> bullshit version of hulk hogan's reality yeah. that's not nowhere yeah. near the truth yeah
1: right, right 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 so so there's that that kind of stuff and then you know chris hemsworth he's a hit or miss guy you know, I hate to say that because I think he's he's super talented. Like I, I love like that movie Extraction. I was just thinking about it, like all, off the top of my head, out of oh, nowhere. Oh,
2: that's what I want to see. I haven't seen that yet. Just,
1: just check that. Check that movie. Out. I will.
2: I um,
1: will. The physicality of that of that film and what he puts into it, like that's where I'm like, yeah, you, 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 I think he would be fine in the role. Um, but. Yeah, I'm 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 just intrigued by the whole thing. Um because I'll probably be be comparing it to the fictional movie The Wrestler. Uh Darren Aronofsky's The Wrestler, which I think is just another that's that's also a great Yes. That's just a
0: phenomenal piece of work right there. Mm. I mean that's without question the best wrestling film ever made. I mean I don't of even course. know that there's a second yeah. there's not it's not really even I mean there haven't not been many good wrestling movies made um, so it's not a great comparison, you know, but it's it's by far, and, he, and Darren Aronofsky did a ton of research on that film. I mean, actually went to independent wrestling shows and um, I was actually at one of them. I was at a Ring of Honor show um, where, when Nicolas Cage was originally cast in the role of Randy the Ram and Darren Aronofsky and Nicolas Cage showed up and they were in the crowd that night that I was at oh, that wow. Ring of Honor show. They were just scouting and, and like just doing research and stuff on the role and then wound up Nicolas Cage dropped out and then Mickey Rourke got it but yeah I mean he put a lot of there was a lot of love put into that production but I'm reading here now about this Hogan thing and it says Hulk Hogan will act as both a consultant and executive producer on the project um, which, which means, Chris is like nope checking out yeah so it <laughs> wow. it's that's already gonna bother me because I, I have a feeling that we're somehow not gonna see like you know, we're, we're just gonna get his version of the birth of Hulkamania. Like, I don't think we're gonna see a lot of Hulk Hogan in the AWA where Hulkamania was actually born. You know, we're mm-hmm. gonna get the revisionist version of you know, of Hulkamania, which whatever, I guess. But I mean, I, I like Chris Hemsworth a lot, so I you know it could be entertaining just watching him. You know, probably ham it up as Hulk Hogan, but mm-hmm. yeah, we'll
2: see. Yeah. Well, don't hold your breath because I don't think a script has been written yet. There's no release date. It's just he, Hemsworth is just working out right now. So I guess that's newsworthy. <laughs> I mean, he's
1: probably working out anyways for for Thor. For yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. You know? Do you imagine that's just that's what you get paid to do?
1: You just work out.
2: Work out.
1: I mean, that's get the thing. You know, when your f-
2: off time. I mean, it's besides f- when you're f- actually on set.
1: It's funny you say that because my wife and I have this conversation all the time. Like, I, you know, I follow, like, like The Rock and whatever. And, like, that dude lives in the gym. Like, that's yeah. what he does. He just lives in the gym and he's inspiring. But I'm like, bro, I cannot strive in the closest sense to be anything like what you do because I just don't have the time. Like, you get paid to work out, to look like that. Uh, Chris Hemsworth gets paid to look like the way he does. You know what I mean? So unrealistic. And yet people are like, I'm going to pick up the next step, the next uh, edition of men's fitness and pick up the tips. Like, dude, never. You will never, (laughs) (laughs) ever. You got to, you got to like be unemployed and your entire life is dedicated to fitness and all of that on the next level. So, yeah, it's, I can't even imagine. I want somebody to,
0: I want somebody to pay me to look like Chris Hemsworth. (laughs) <laughs> I'm gonna get on that list. I I mean, he's that.
1: he's got it, it's he's he's an interesting um, he has an interesting body type because he is super lean. Like he's a surf, he's got that surfer body, like very tall and lean. Um, but when he, you know, puts up for for Thor, he knows how to put, he knows how and where to put the weight. Like Hugh Jackman, for example, It's another another guy who just radically transformed his body hated yeah. every minute of it. But you know, these, these Australians, man, they've got some, they've got some good, good genes.
2: You for, know what? I, I don't think it's the working out. I think it, the dieting is the hardest yeah, it's part. A
1: diet, it's a hard you know, part.
2: like I have been, I go to the gym almost like five days a week, you know, and uh, back in New York before coronavirus and whatever I was, uh, doing martial arts like three days a week with my trainer and working out at home. Right. But it's, it's the dieting because yeah. I'm not ripped or cut or, or, you know, anywhere near the body that I want. Uh, I, but I, 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 do work out every day. Um, and the gym part is easy, but the rock eats like immaculate Monday yeah. through Saturday. And then he has his epic cheat days, right? Yeah.
1: His epic cheat days are like, so next level.
2: <laughs> he had too one too he had
1: one like two days ago and i was like oh my god it looks so good like i would just eat that all week <laughs> like it was like I, a bunch I, of pound I, like, oh, pound I don't
2: kid. think like mentally that's gonna work for me you know um to to binge because i i feel like a cheat day like that is binging and i don't think that's healthy but um well, it's yeah cal- it's the, calorie- the diet is the hard part yeah yeah, for him, for him, the, it's
1: the shock, the shocking of the system because you, I'm sorry, we we're totally, this, <laughs> totally, I know this is
2: like,
1: you shock the system because, but he's still maintaining the high calorie intake, right? So normally he probably eats like super clean, but his, ma- his macros are like crazy. And then he introduces lot like high con high fat content, but still maintaining the caloric intake. And that's how he offsets his offsets his body. It's like a re- restart. Mm. It's nuts. Anyways,
2: his body has also been like that for so long that I'm sure that like he he probably will never get fat ever, even if he stops working out. He might get smaller, but I feel like his body is just like, all right, cool. We understand this is this is what we look like.
1: Yeah, he comes from good stock too, though.
2: Yeah. Anyway, sorry.
1: <laughs> sorry, that's whole, been the whole, fitness whole portion on of the on, uh, oh,
2: <laughs>
1: on on training and and, uh, and dieting on the next one.
0: Inspired by Hulk Hogan, of all things.
1: Seriously. Yeah. Hey, oh, one question. So, just just on this topic uh, on on Hulk Hogan, and I know Veneta, you were saying <clears throat> you couldn't imagine Chris Hemsworth kind of doing it. Who, what other actor would you have picked? that you think looks looks more like Hulk Hogan?
2: <laughs> I could not think of one. And the only other one I thought of was Hugh Jackman or Christian Bale, who are both not American That's actors. Not huh?
1: It, and they totally wouldn't work.
2: I No, yeah. well, I was thinking of Christian Bale because of the whole body transformation thing, you know. He's he's kind of known for it and and he can do it and he got really jacked, you know, for Batman and stuff like that. Um and Hugh Jackman for like Wolverine and and because they can look a little a little rugged, you know, which which I feel like is important for Hulk Hogan, like you can't look you can't look too pristine, you know. You got to look a little Well, you have to look like, like you're
0: about 15 years older than you really are.
2: <laughs> yeah, you got to look like you you've been weathered under like Florida sun, you know. Yeah. Um I c- couldn't think of anyone. I mean, e- every kind of like major actor right now is um, a little bit like doesn't have the doesn't have the right energy. Y- you know? I
0: it's- I huh, I would cast um Hulk Hogan in the role. Uh, (laughs) I would Uh, he's got acting experience we've seen him in no holds barred and we've seen him in suburban commando and I mean look we know he can do it and I mean he certainly looks like Hulk Hogan you're a mess
2: dude but he's not he's not young anymore that's
0: okay I think it would be funny I mean like Howard Stern played young you know played himself in private parts and he he all even makes a joke out of it at one point like when when they get to him being in college and it's that's when he takes over as him. He's like, "Yeah, I know." Like, he even makes a joke about it. He's like, "I know what you're saying. Like, I probably look like you know, 20 years older than I, I should here, uh, but because he is, um, so he kind of makes a joke out of it." But I mean, I mean, and I'm, I'm half joking, but like, I yeah, I really don't, I don't know that anybody can really pull it off visually, um, because just nobody looks like Hulk Hogan. I mean, he because he, he was almost like always kind of. St- close to balding even when he was young like you know if you watch videos of like a young Hulk Hogan like in the 70s or he wasn't even Hulk Hogan at the time or like even into the early 80s like he was already balding and had that you know the long stringy hair and he's just very big Mm -hmm. very dense and like thick um you know, just... I mean, that was part of his charisma, right? Part of his... Appeal. He looks like, Yeah,
1: I mean, and he wears a bandana most of the time now, but he... Because I think he's probably bald. and the, He is, the yeah. String, the, yeah, the string of yeah. hair is probably just out of his neck. Yeah. Um, yeah. He... No, there's no there's no way I'd want him. Because he's yeah. got that loose, like... I used to juice, <laughs> but like I can't but, really yeah. do the juice anymore. It's so, like my skin isn't really... Yeah. No,
0: and I, he's a man. I mean, he's got like a bad hip, looks, bad knees. Bad. Yeah, he's a wreck. But... Uh yeah, I don't know. I don't know that anybody's hey, want, going to. Who? What do you got? Charlie Hunnam. Uh, he's small though. I, hey, you know uh, what?
2: Too much of a pretty boy. That that he doesn't have that ruggedness. Ah uh, oh, wait 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 no 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 hold on I'm thinking of someone else. No, you're right. That's a great pick.
1: I think and I think this. So, so how tall? How tall is uh is uh Hulk Hogan? I'm sorry, he
2: well, he gotta be like. 6'2". In
0: real life, like he was 6'5". He was billed as 6'7", six, 6'8", six, but in reality, he was at his peak, he was, he was probably six, about 6'5". Six, oh. And
2: and wow. just...
1: Charlie Hunnam is super, super short, but here, here's here thing. Well, he's not... Thing. He's six, oh, one. Also, he's not super short. Also
2: but... English.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that that totally, but... I
2: guess, um, yeah.
1: But he kind of... I think he kind of looks a bit like, like uh, the Hulkster. What I would say is if... Tom Hardy can play Bane and wear platform platform shoes because Tom Hardy's like five six and be able to look a six foot tall Christian Bale in the eye.
0: Tom Hardy's 5'9", yeah. nine, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Still, you can add. I guess I don't. I don't know how tall Charlie Hunnam is. He's six one.
2: So what?
1: So yeah, it would totally work.
2: Yeah, that
1: no, that, think, that, that's that's really Charlie good, but Charlie Hunnam's like a, another hit or miss actor. Mm. Great, great in Sons of Anarchy, though.
0: He was, yeah. I'm gonna say, what did he hit in? Other than that, Sons of Anarchy, right? And- that was, <laughs> yeah.
1: And and Pacific Rim, I guess.
0: Okay. I mean, I no. like that movie more than most people do, but not because of him. Not because of Charlie Hunnam. Yeah. yeah. Just because anyway. of really cool. Um fights like really cool effects yeah Um, well
2: listen i i support chris hemsworth you know uh i just thought you know maybe an american should should play such an iconic american but we'll see i like i said don't hold your breath because the the only news is that he's he's been working out that's it Mm. (laughs) which he which he has to do anyway you know
1: yeah because he gets paid to do that
2: (laughs) yeah (laughs)
1: Anyways. All right. I think, I think that wraps it That's up. That's it. That is it. Yeah. Really exhausted episode.
0: Yeah. All right. So I guess on that note, everyone, please go to the fanboy You can check out our episodes. You can check out our merch store, our rapidly growing merch store, tons of designs there, uh, and probably more coming. Um, and of course you can join the conversation uh, you can yell at Aaron all you want on the social medias, the Twitters, the Facebooks, the Instagrams, Instagrams at back. the Fanboy Garage. Um, I'll be hiding somewhere on Twitter at RealCLMighty.
2: <laughs> I'm at uh, Banana Underscore TFG.
1: Uh, amber Alert. Um, oh, can
2: hear it. I hear
1: mean? it. <laughs> And I am and you can find me on Twitter at A Ron Speaks. That is A underscore A underscore Ron Speaks. Thank you so much for listening to episode 103 of the Fanboy Garage. As always, if you do like what you're listening to, please do leave us a five-star review. It goes a long way. And we'll catch you next week. Thanks so much for listening.
0: You're listening to the Fanboy Garage Podcast.